test. Well, why'd you whisper for a test? So now I can see the various levels <clears throat> as we increase in volume. Spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. I'm Nate. Joining me as always is the co-host of the show, my brother, Zach. Shooter. <laughs> that was a happy Gilmore reference. What up? He did the finger guns. I did the finger he? guns. So. I'm still holding the finger guns. You are still. You can this put them is, down. Yeah, it's a hostile holster, work environment. Holster that you don't actually have to put them in imaginary holsters. Well, who choose. says they're imaginary? Anyway. <sighs> We read Game of Thrones here, and we discuss it, and we talk about it, and we like to break it down. Break it down. That was cool. Thanks. Damn. My beatbox skills. If you're new here, we're full spoiler. We will ruin everything. True that. Full spoiler. Full spoiler. Okay. Everybody, are they gone? That's why. Unspoiled people gone. I think they're gone. All right. Continuing. Moving forward. But if you want to stay and be spoiled, by all means, welcome. Thanks for listening. If that's your tea, then drink it. If you're returning, welcome the fuck back. Yo. Thank you so much for being here. Good. Cool. Excellent. Good. No yelling on the bus. Anyway, last week. Not last week. God, I always want to say last week. It just feels like the last episode. We read John Savage. And they were inspecting the bodies that Ghost had returned the hand from, and turned out that they were some of Benjamin Stark's men. And there was a lot of concern over that, over what that meant, what that implied. Benjamin Stark's been missing for nigh on half a year now. Yeah. So, and they returned to the wall with these dead men, and John gets some terrible news. Yeah, well, he gets the letter from King's Landing. Right. So that. he finds out that Ned is in, in been imprisoned and is currently. A traitor of the king. Come to find out, John is the last at Castle Black to find out, and during dinner that evening, Sir Alistair is making some jokes about it, and John goes after him with a dagger, is confined to quarters, and Mormont's quite upset with him. Ghost, he's allowed to stay with Ghost, and then Othor, one of the dead men that was brought back, tries to kill, it seemed, the Lord Commander. Comes back. John intervened and ended up. Thrusting his hand some burning curtains and smothered the white with it, and that was where we left, not knowing whether or not John is okay. Well, we know because we're full spoiler reread podcast, and Jon Snow is indeed fine. Bam! First spoiler of the night. So, anyway, this episode. (laughs) That was a funny thing. Don't ask me. You did a funny? Yeah, that was funny. But this episode, we are reading Bran 6, and oh, what a chapter we have today. Yeah, I can't even really recall what, I and I meant to look, as what Bran's last chapter was. I think it was just kind of holding court and re- reacting. No, no, it was the Wolfswood. It was the Wolfswood when, with yeah. Osha. Yeah. Okay, all yeah. right, that was it. it was I, for some reason, that felt yeah. much further back. But this one, we open, and Bran is watching the Karstarks arrive at Winterfell. And he's sitting atop the tall tower outside the gates of Winterfell. Yeah, they arrive with 300 horsemen and near 2,000 foot soldiers from their castle of Carhold. And, yeah, Bran is watching from a turret atop the outer wall alongside Maester Aemon and perched on Hodor's shoulders. Yeah, and he's got this little telescope of Lewins that he's watching out there. And Lord Rickard Karstark is leading the, the way towards Winterfell with his men. Um, on either side of him, his sons, Harrion and Eddard, and Torin, 
many of which are named after actual Starks. Yeah, and locations, Torrance Square, as we know. Right, and so their banner is a white sunburst on black. Yes. And Old Nan says that they have Stark blood going back hundreds and thousands of years and all that, but Bran doesn't really think that they look like Starks. These guys are way more rough around the edges, they're more grisly, they're bigger, just different. Which is a funny thing for Bran to say, because that's kind of how most people seem to tend to picture Northerners, yeah. is this wildling-esque, but more civilized, but yeah. right around the point of, of wildling, so... I noticed that, I think that the word he's looking for is shaggier. Yeah. Yeah, a little more unkempt and yeah. grizzled. And so, yeah, it said that they were the last that were coming brand new. The other lords had already arrived with their hosts, and Bran had yearned to ride out among them to see the winter town full to bursting for the first time ever. But Rob had forbidden him to leave the castle, as they had no men to spare for a guard to keep Bran safe. And Bran tried to argue that he would take Summer with him, and Rob told him, don't play the child with me, like... Mm-mm, that ain't no. gonna cut it. Our lady mother would fucking skin me alive right. if anything ever happened to you after your fall and the dagger and all that fun Just stuff. Just because like, you wanted to tromp around town. And then he mentions even that down at what I imagine is a bar mm. or pub An inn in of some sort. Yeah. That there was a fight where a Bolton tried to kill or attack. He did indeed stab. He stabbed one of Lord Kerwin's he, men. Right. Yeah, um, which immediately it, we're getting the Boltons. I know. In this. Yeah, that's they're these savage. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are already stabbing people, and and so yeah, and also Brand notes that Rob had been using the voice of Rob the Lord, so there was absolutely no room yeah. for argument here, and so it was because of what had happened in the Wolfswood. Brand new. the memory was still giving him bad dreams. Yeah, so basically he's just pissed because he felt helpless mm-hmm. he felt like Rickon could have been more useful he would have at least kicked out because he could have at least kicked yeah. and, and taken care of that kind of stuff it shamed him he was almost a man grown just a few years younger than rob and if rob was about to be a man then so was he and he should have been able to protect himself as a man would which we're really getting that theme especially these last couple chapters of the masculinity what yeah, yeah. living up to a man's expectation in this world so then we get a, a scope of how far we've progressed through the book so far because he says a year ago before and so he'll start using just the word before mm-hmm. to mean before the fall before his fall and so it's been a year since his fall and that's where we're at now yeah. and that means that like shit's taken time whereas it might have seemed all pretty fast moving like a whole year has passed since all of this is all gone down yeah yeah which also we get with sort of and that actually that that leads into it perfectly for me which is i've been trying to figure out the structure of the chapters because we had ned's big treasonous moment in the throne room and then we got the reactions of the children we we've talked about right. it and so i've been trying to figure out what that pattern is as to why he put Arya first, then Sansa, then Jon, and then Bran. And at yeah. first I was considering distance, but that wouldn't make sense because the wall is further from King's Landing than Winterfell. And I think I settled on its passage of time. Arya and Sansa are the immediate effects. Jon yeah. is a week or two after, 
Bran seems to be about a month or two after that after Ned has right, right. It, oh, and, I and see. so it's, yeah, the he's going through the amount of time. So we get Arya and Sansa are re- immediately reacting to the immediate fallout. Sansa's taken. Arya right, is fleeing the right. city. We get John up at the wall, who is now hearing just the whispers. This is the rest of the realm. This is what they're hearing. Ned Stark is a treasonous cunt, and. You right. know, everyone's shocked by it. That's, and then now, a month and now later, we get Bran Stark, and we get the, the Northerners. Call yeah, them war, rallying because all of a sudden, yeah, like everyone here is aware that they're going to war. Like, well, that's it. They said the Car Starks are the last of the Great Houses to arrive. Yeah, all Rob the other has ones called are here. the ba- banners. This place is packed. Yeah, full. and you only call the banners for so. Yeah, I believe the <sighs> the intention was Arya and Sansa will deal with the immediate <laughs> fallout. Then John will progress a little further in time and see how things lie there. And then with Bran here, now we see the Starks preparing about a month after Ned has been taken. And so, yeah, he it says before his fall, before, Bran would have just visited Wintertown, even if he had to climb over the walls to do so. But now he can only watch through Maester Lewin's lens. See, and he fails to remember, just real quick, that a year ago, he would have been much more likely to be allowed down there anyway. Yeah. So it wouldn't have mattered. You wouldn't have had to climb down the walls. Yeah, exactly. So it says that the maester had taught him all of the sigils. We get the mailed fist of Glover, Lady Mormont's black bear, the hideous flayed man of House Bolton, a bull moose for the Hornwoods. Yeah, a battle axe for the Sirwins, and three sentinel trees for the Tall Hearts. And lastly, the fearsome sigil of House Umber, a roaring giant in shattered chains. So... For any of our listeners that are currently reading but are not spoiled, I'll I'll actually tease a bit because our our spoiled listeners I think will know. But pay very close attention to the Umber Sigil, a roaring giant in shattered and chains, because there's a prophecy that may reference some of how use some of that same language, and that's a, a personal theory of my own revolving around one of my favorite characters, Littlefinger, and so. Pay attention to that sigil in particular because I can't wait till we get to that prophecy and I can bring it up more. But that's in later books. And for right now, Bran, soon enough, had learned the faces of the men too. And when they, because uh, they all came to Winterfell to feast. Yeah, and so he would be having the seat of honor next to his brother. Yeah, because so even was... the Great Hall wasn't big enough for all these men. So Rob had to host each principal bannerman in turn one night, then the next. And Bran was, yeah, always at his right hand. And some of the lords resented him for that. They were giving him queer stares and yeah, whispers yeah. and basically saying, why is this cripple sitting higher than me at, right, at, right. The, at the table? And Bran asks Lewin up at, uh, as he's watching the car Starks come in, he asks him, how many knights have come? And Lewin kind of sighs because he's like, we've been over this. Right, like, right. Knights aren't the only fucking noble fighters. Yeah, out there. I had this little note that Bran is like obsessed, obviously, yeah. with knights. And do you think that's going to play more of a role in... His future, becoming knights or hating knights or not let. Like, well, one of my biggest kind of... things has always been that I feel like Bran is destined to warg a dragon. I feel like he's destined to fight in some way, shape, or form in in the Great War, in right. the, the big battle, whatever it is, or at least like warg into a being. And, and summer even and fight like he works so, in Hodor and fights yeah that's what I mean so I feel like he's going to get to act out nightly uh, speaking of Valor. giants and shattered chains a little Hodor there mm. once mm. again <laughs> um, 
but it also because it's it's because you get the whole the hound thing in the image of a knight there where the hound epitomizes the the, the values of a knight whereas right. his brother who is actually uh, an anointed knight doesn't at all and so Clegane uh, the hound despises knights and everything they represent because of his brother and yeah. so maybe Bran will sort of turn that route where right, he wanted right. to be one now he's resentful that he can't be and so yeah well so anyway Lewin put, points out that you know knights are anointed in the sept you need to have a sept there there's a ceremony they don't have those up in the north so there's not as many knights in the north that, yeah no but he makes sure to point out that, that doesn't take away from how fierce they are in combat and like and loyal and honorable and exactly he says a man's worth is not marked by a sir before his name and Bran says still how many knights and so Lewin sighs yeah 300 perhaps for among 3,000 unarmored lances who are not knights and so Bran says that Lord Karstark is last Rob will probably feast him tonight and Lewin agrees he probably will and then Bran asks, the big question, how long before they go? And he, the, the answer he gives is that they must go soon or they can't go at all. Mm-hmm. That if they if they don't leave, they're going to eat the entire countryside out of, you know, everything. Yeah. And there's just too many people to stay right here. They have to begin marching so that they can spread. And there's still even others waiting to join them along yeah. the King's Road. We get the Barrow Knights and the Cranig Men, yeah, yeah. as well as Lords Manderley and Flint. Fighting has already begun in the Riverlands and your brother still has many leagues to go. And so yeah, it's it's sort of this do or die time where, and, and I mean apparently Rob called the banners, like he did the right thing yeah, here he and he called the banners right at the right time because there isn't much time left and they are, as we know, going to be able to march south and engage. So, And it's neat how the, the book kind of opened on them, on Ned marching south, mm-hmm. and now it's going to start closing on. Well, Rickon the... has a bit to say on that yeah, later, Rickon. and I really like it. And so Bran hands Lewin back his uh, telescope, and he's looking down on Lewin because... Of course, yeah, on Hodor's Hodor. shoulders, and Hodor looks down on everyone. And he just says that he doesn't want to watch anymore, and he tells Hodor to take him back to the keep. And so Lewin says that Rob is not going to have time for Bran today with Lord so, Karstark's arrival. Before we go to there, the him looking down, yeah, I just felt like that was very... It kind of mirrored, him above. mirrored the way that he's going to begin seeing things. Yeah, and he's going to have in the, his dream. Exactly, yeah. and seeing that higher perspective. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Hodor is kind of just this physical representation of and, well, this. It's, yeah, especially with his isolation, that's that's it. Is he's so separated exactly. from everything that's happening. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, Lewin says that Rob's not going to have time for you today with Karstark arriving. Yeah, and he says he won't bother. No, he won't trouble Rob. He just wants to go to the Godswood. And so Hodor whistles as he climbs down the tower with Bran in a basket on his back. (laughs) And it says that Lewin had come up with the basket, uh... He modeled it after some of the baskets that the women used to use when they would collect firewood back in the yeah. day. Just cut a couple holes in it, fastened a few more straps, and he was good to go. It wasn't as comfortable as Dancer, but Hodor could go places Dancer wouldn't, and it didn't really shame him as much as Hodor carrying him it like a baby did, so it worked better. He said doors could be tricky if Hodor forgot Bran was on his back. There was a big thump on the head every now and yeah. then. But anyway, so for nearly a fortnight, 
it said that Rob had ordered both portcullises kept up and the drawbridge down even at night because there were so many comings and goings. And and that... That, like, leaves Winterfell open. Like, maybe this is where the hooded man snuck in. Or maybe this is, you know, so many things could have occurred because of this. So many people could be here. Yeah. (coughs) Yeah. So, So many people could be at Winterfell and just... Walking right by yeah. Bran and Rob, and, and they have no idea. And Man's they have no idea. Yeah, and so uh, when Bran and Hodor come out from the tower, there's a long column of men crossing the moat. Karstark men following their lord in, and Hodor trots beside them, smiling to himself. And the riders start giving them queer looks and start muttering. And Bran refuses to let it bother him. He, yeah, because Lewin had told him that the people were gonna they were gonna talk about him. They were gonna mock him. And uh, what did he say there? Uh, Let them mock, Bran thought. No one mocked him in his bedchamber, but he would not live his life in bed. Yeah, no, he's not gonna. He's not gonna let them keep him shut up and inside. Like he knows where they where he can go to not have to hear it, but he's not just gonna run and hide from it all. Which is extremely brave for an eight year old kid. But so as they pass under the portcullis. Brand whistles and summer comes up, and I love it because Just, this is so perfect on Brand's yeah, little power oh yeah. play. That's exactly what I thought because at first I was like, "Oh no, he's just calling his," t-. and then I was like, "He did that intentionally." Yeah, that motherfucking yeah. clever. Summer comes bit. running up, and the horses lose the Karstark men's horses lose their shit, not wanting anything to do with this wolf, and. Bran just reminds Hodor the gods would, and the three of them trot off. And he's and not worried because he knows that once once summer's gone, they'll lose his scent eventually and calm down. Yeah, yeah, they'll be fine. Like I bet he took intense satisfaction. Oh, I, I and... would. So even uh, Winterfell, the castle proper, is crowded. The yard always ringing now to the sound of swords and carts, and the armory doors were open, and Bran could see Micken at his forge inside yeah, hammering. just hammering away. Micken made needle. And he said Just in that case you people forgot. Bran had never seen this many people, even when King Robert came to yeah, visit. Yeah, I thought that too. Like, that's massive. The king's retinue was fucking huge, yeah. and there's still well, way more people. If you remember, uh, right after the, the king left, Lewin was having to discuss with Rob how they were going to be able to restock. Yeah, yeah, and resupply. And this is even bigger. Yeah, yeah, and it hit. I mean, roughly about a year after. Exactly. So, like, yeah. They don't have, that's not enough time to recover Mm-mm. after. No, the that's, king. that's it. That's why it's so dire that they go soon. Yeah, and right before winter. Yeah. Shoo. So it says that they locked, walked down a long, dim hallway with Summer padding along beside them, glancing up at Bran from time to time, eyes nice. smoldering like liquid gold. <sighs> Bran wanted to touch him, but was riding too high. So. I. Just that connection, yeah. just that he he wants to to have that physical, more so the, mm-hmm. the spiritual connection there, and he can't, do, he doesn't know how yet. Just because it it also reading that reminded me of John when Ghost when Ghost was going up the steps, he stopped and, and looked, looked back at, him, at John. Yeah. It's this immediate like I need to have eyes on you, pretty much yeah. know where you are at all times, and if you've ever owned a dog of your own, like. That, that it just it gets me. I love these direwolves so fucking much. Yeah, I anyway, because uh, yeah, they make their way out to through the godswood, yeah. past all the you know the trees that mean all sorts of stuff. The, the opening quote the... was the godswood was an island of peace in the sea of chaos that Winterfell had become, and I just 
fucking love that quote because I want to go sit in the Godswood. I mean, it, well, yeah, yeah, we'll record a podcast in the Godswood. That'd be yeah. sweet. That's where but we are recording it. it. Bran is not the only. Ned Stark thinks this. Theon Greyjoy will later think this yeah. when he is the ghost in Winterfell. Right. Like the Godswood always seems to be this quiet bubble of just serenity where you can just go and immediately your inner turmoil kind of settles and you're able to think clearly and focus and and talk yourself through things. And so, yeah, Hodor made his way to the still pond beside the heart tree. and Basically, he helps him get out of the basket and sets him beside the pond. One of the the Yeah, Bran is nimble and grabs himself up on a branch. Yeah, climbing. He lifts himself up and out. Which I think is just that, you know, mild independence trying to do something. And Hodor, yeah, lays him down next to the water. And Bran wants to be alone, so he tells Hodor to go soak in the pools. And Hodor, we get, yeah, like, Hodor, Hodor's, and we get it's this gone. little thing from Hodor about Hodor how he hates the cold. Yeah, but that he'll go sit in these hot springs for hours, just burping every time a bubble bubbles up from the bottom of the water. Yeah, yeah, like, he, yeah. And, uh, he's fucking great. I love Hodor. So it says that Summer lapped at the water and then settled down at Bran's side, and he pet the wolf under the jaw. This, and for a moment, boy and beast both felt at peace. This is Bran's perspective. Yes. And he knows that, that Summer is at, at peace, peace there. Yeah. Like, and he doesn't know that he knows. But right. he, knows. he knows. Like, yeah. it's this connection again of... And I love that line. Like this is just like this is just a great like pet owner moment where like yeah. just a boy and his dog like just chilling by the pond <laughs> like you know getting away from it all. So Bran starts thinking about how he he always liked the Godswood even before the fall, um, but now he found himself drawn to it. Drawn to it more and more. Like seriously, Martin, just <laughs> slap us in the face with it, like. Clearly, he's being drawn to the green seeing and the, the yeah. Weirwood connection and the... Strangely, the heart tree no longer scared him like it did. The red eyes still watched him, yet he took comfort in it now. The old gods were looking over him. The gods of the Stark and the First Men and the Children of the Forest. He felt safe in their sight. Like, it's this complete turnaround because yeah he he thinks about in his first couple chapters how scary those faces were because he was red red eyes mm -hmm. and and now it's it's bringing him comfort like he's opening that that eye that the raven was talking about and he's i think just oh i think it's the connection with summer is helping absolutely it's opening him up to just this whole because Obviously, the dire wolves are connected to the Starks, connected to the old gods, connected to this northern magic, whatever it is. And so the fact that I feel like these dire wolves are sort of a conduit of the old gods. So, like, when summer is at peace, things are good and chill. Like, that's the old gods saying, like, yeah, relax. Like, take a breather. Shit's getting cray. And then summer knows when shit's about to go ham and brand feels yeah. that as well same and, thing it's similar with how john is yeah and, yeah with ghosts ghost absolutely and, uh, yeah but I, ghost is more silent and he, oh, has quiet to, he can't, but aggressive. yeah he can't really communicate the same way which like that that aggressive when he he turned to john in the last chapter i don't feel like that was aggressive no no aggressive that was like, him warning. he's aggressively yeah, like, talking to yeah him. yeah like, like, this like is, i'm angry because the there's something out there i want to get if you remember john said 
there's something out there, isn't there? Well, yeah, but like at first he's... he thinks God's, is he mad? And then he says, Ghost, it's me. And, like, I still think if John, like, went up to Ghost it right there, fine. Ghost wouldn't have bit him or anything. Like, Ghost was just snarling to say, yeah, like, we need I'm to in go. go mode, yeah. So, direwolves, love them. Yes, yeah, so uh, Bran mentions he, he, how he feels safe in their sight, and the silence helps him think. Yeah. And he'd been thinking a lot since his fall. Thinking and dreaming and talking with the gods. I like the way dreaming has just slipped in there. Just slipped in there. But I think he's been mostly dreaming. Dreaming, definitely. And much less thinking. I think it's, I mean, I think it's dreaming where he's then contemplating these things he's learning while he's talking with the gods. I think it's all three. I don't think Bran is wrong I don't in think any he's way. not. I just, I just think it's, I think you're right. I, I think, think it's more, more dreaming. Exactly. And then he's doing contemplative, because he's a green seer. We know this. So his dreams are probably fucking different, where he is walking around in these places that, like John in the crypts. Right. Like, he's doing that, but he's... I feel like still learning more about the green site as well, so he's kind of th- doing that kind and of he thing. And he still thinks it's just dreaming. And then and so we haven't gotten any of these dreams, so for all we know, he could be talking to Summer. He could be talking to the, ra- the raven. The cr- yeah, he could, the, uh, talking to the, thing, gods. the gods. Yeah. Because that's what he says so, he's doing. But... Make it, he, and he starts to pray. He says, make it so Rob won't go, or if he has to go... Bring him home safe, along with mother, father, and the girls. Yeah, all of them. And make it so Rickon understands. And I, at this point, thought it was super interesting because, and and it goes, it's going off a little bit of the show, but I feel like Bran's sort of coldness in the show is going to be a good reflection of him when he becomes definitely whatever he is supposed to become, and so. I think that this is important here where Bran is very focused on his family. He's praying for the safety of every single person in his family right now that's affected by the shit. Whereas I feel like later he could lose a lot of that and be more focused on just the grand old picture. So it's going, that's going to be his cost of is, is, His devotion to his family here. He's very concerned about baby Rickon, who doesn't understand what's happening. He's worried about his father and his sisters. He's super worried about his father and his sisters. And Rob now, who has to go and fight a war, and he's going to have to be a lord. And so... He yeah he he's just thinking very outwardly for a kid. He's not sitting there thinking like, oh, I wish like. I could go with Rob or, you know, I didn't have to be the Lord or mother and father were here with me right now. Like, he's just, you know, bring them home safe. Like, let Rob do what he's got to do, but do it. And I just thought it was significantly telling of Bran's character that he, like all of these Stark kids, is a genuinely good person. He is a good kid. He has a heart. He's not a cold monster. So if there does end up being some loss of humanity for Bran later, and I feel like there will be, I think it's going to be really tragic because he is a fucking caring kid. He is devoted to his yeah, family. Yeah, he was just a dreaming kid. Yeah, he was a dreamer. And so... Yeah, so then we learned that since ever since he learned that Rob was leaving, Rickon has been absolutely wild. Wild as a winter storm. Just a little crazy kid. Love it. Yeah, refusing to eat. Punching old Nan when she tried to put him to sleep and refusing to do fucking pretty much anything and then vanishing. 
Rob had half the castle out looking for this kid, searching, and when they finally found him in the crypts... Now, I have a a small tinfoil here. Ooh, I love tinfoils. That this is actually foreshadowing of Rickon's future. Why would it not be? I I don't think that's crazy. He is, you know, he goes off with Osha. Yeah. And I don't, Osha's not the kind that's going to baby him. Oh, not She's at all. going to ensure and that Skagos? he's this. And, like, yeah, if they're at Skagos, like... I'm trying to He's going to be, like, comes in riding a unicorn, brandishing his sword with this great demon dire wolf, and he's just going to fucking ravage something. Yeah, no, I 1,000% I agree that. Sweet. He is always, is in, in every chapter that we've heard about him, he's been painted as a wild one, him and Shaggy Dog. They went at Tyrion. I foresee him Shaggy being, Dog like... Did. Uh, a torment, like this Very, little yeah, whirlwind yeah, yeah. of I just I think he's fucking... gonna be a Stark still. He's gonna oh, love his Stark, family, and but I think he's just gonna be him the... and Shaggy he's, Dog. Are gonna he's be gonna be, scary. be a Leon and Brandon mix. Oh, yeah, like, that hot-headed, hot-headed but like I'm a fuck Stark. shit up, but like I'm a Stark. And yeah, he's on Skago, supposedly Cannibal Island, but we don't know how valid that is yet until right. Davos. anyway, so yeah, I uh, I. Speaking of Davos, our friend Julian mentioned Davos. Yeah, Julian's Julian, learning yeah, about book Davos yeah, yeah. for the first time. Oh, and man, spoiler so alert, Julian, he's one of our favorites. He's fucking wonderful. So, yeah, we're really happy for you. Anyway, bringing it back to a Game of Thrones. So, yeah, Rickon's been being crazy. They found, When they found him in the crypts, he slashed at them with a rusted iron sword, t- sword taken from one of the dead kings. Now... With Shaggy Dog described as a green-eyed demon emerging from the shadows. Fucking what? Like, what a dope image. I forgot that tidbit, apparently. Because that's an image in a fucking half. It's this this little scraggly Rickon slash and no-no. And then right behind him. And then behind him, yeah, this beast. I almost picture like that, uh, well, you might not. No, I'm not going to make that reference. Anyway, <laughs> Green Demon Shaggy Dog is fucking awesome. I'm going to look yeah. up some fan art. I'm going to post a picture somewhere. It's going to be cool. So we learned that the wolf had bitten Gage on the arm and took a chunk of flesh from Micken's thigh. It took Rob and Grey Wind to bring him to heal. Notice, it didn't kill anyone. No. When it easily could have. Yeah, no, it... I, I think it was reflective of Rickon. Rickon. He doesn't he, want to kill him. He was just him. scared. He's scared, and he yeah, doesn't want. He doesn't want he, Rob doesn't to understand. go. He doesn't know how. Just leave to, me alone. Yeah, and so they uh, ended up chaining Shaggy Dog up. Farlin had Shaggy Dog chained up in the kennels now, and Rickon cried all the more being without him. And so yeah, poor little Rickon man. He doesn't understand. He just doesn't get it. And so Maester Lewin had counseled Rob to remain at Winterfell, Bran as well, of course, for Rickon's sake, but for his own too. And Rob only shook his head and said, I don't want to go. I have to go. <laughs> so, you know, that very Jon Snow, I don't want it type attitude. I don't want it. And so. I don't want it. It says that Bran understood someone had to go, but Bran just didn't want it to be Rob, which right. is understandable. And like, Lewin had even given lists of names of people that he could send instead. Yeah, send a Bannerman, send this one. I I don't fault Rob no, on this one. No, not at all. Like, it absolutely is what his father would do. This and, is why we like, endear, like, the Starks are so endearing, exactly. is that honor of... He has to do it. Yeah, it'd be cowardice to send someone to fight for Even my father. Even if it's for the most respectable reasons, mm-hmm. it's still 
see you'll they will think of it as cowardice to themselves. Yeah, so. yeah. And Ned Stark would never send someone off to fight while he sat cowering behind Winterfell's walls. Once again, that's part of that whole thing that we discussed with Samuel Tarly mm-hmm. and Randall instilling these forced masculine traits. No, you're you're a little coward if you stay here and help your family instead of going to war. Well, that's like, it. I mean, even Bran. Bran understood that someone had to go. Does someone have to go? Can't someone go and bend the knee? Right. And, you know, it's that type of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. It, yeah, no, it permeates every layer of this mm-hmm. society where men are supposed to be manly men who fight for what they want in their honor. And so... Rob seemed half a stranger to Bran now, which is a shame considering the other couple chapters ago, you know, Bran, Rob was coming to him crying at yeah, night. Yeah. And, but, yeah, he seemed half a stranger to him now, a lord in truth. Well, he does that again here at the end of this one. Mm-hmm. Even the Bannermen picked up on it and tried to test him in their own ways. So we get that Lords Bolton and Glover both demanded the honor of the battle command. Mage Mormont told Rob that he was young enough to be her grandson, and he had no business giving her orders, but she then mentioned that she had a granddaughter that he could... Shack up with. Yeah, make some little wolf bear cubs. And it said that others came seeking basically Rob's marriage. They were offering daughters, offering gifts, offering this, that, and the third. And then would kind of come back in with favors and requests for land or... Permission oh, yeah, to of damn course. stuff or whatever the nonsense is. Um, even, but then we get to the Great John, right? Well, Rob had answered each with cool courtesy, much like father, and somehow bent them to his will, it says, which. I have to give him mad props because Bruce Bolton is not one to be just swayed. Well. But. Bruce Bolton probably... No, I think Bruce Bolton took a knee on this one and was like, yeah, I'll wait. Okay. Well, that's a he by... Yeah, I don't think there was so much bending to the will with Bruce Bolton. But then we get to, yeah, Great John Umber, who stood as tall as Hodor, but was twice as wide. Jesus. Yeah, that's that's a a big guy. That's a big old motherfucker. You lose your place? I did. Great John Umber threatened to... uh, take his forces home from Rob and you know he was like I'm not yeah if he had to if he had to to march behind the Hornwoods or the Kerwoods Kerwoods. fuck off and so Rob was like alright cool take him I put word but when I'm done with the Lannisters down in the south I'm taking my men up to your house and we are going to take all of you out and hang you for traitors. For breakers of your vows. Which reading this, I again thought of the show. I think that scene was done excellently. Especially Richard Madden, who played Rob Stark, his delivery of the line. Like it was just great. Like the how close they did season one to the books. Yeah, was, season one was, was excellent. fucking magic. Excellent. And Great John flung his flagon across the fucking room, and Hollis Morin gets up to intercept him, and he knocks him flat to the floor. Knocks him flat, and Mount, uh, he's a big dude yeah, yeah. also. And so he unsheathed the ugliest great sword that Bran had ever seen. Bran's used to looking at ice, this Valerian mm-hmm. seal greatness, and Great John, I imagine, is just his Whatever sword is as, as jagged as he yeah, is. It's just a, the biggest piece of metal he can find. And yeah, Great John's sons and brothers all jump up doing the same, drawing their steel and rob said but a word and in a snarl in the blink of an eye umber was on his back 
his sword spinning on the floor, his hand bleeding where Grey Wind had bitten off two fingers. <sighs> Fucking gone. I really would like to know what word Rob said. I would imagine it's just the command he's. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, but like, what, like, what did he? What yeah, is it? I re- like because Rob's a, it might have one been of the his few. Name. Rob's the, the the one kid we don't get the chapters of, so it's yeah. like I really wonder what Grey Wind and well, Rob's connection is. Because I feel he could have just said Grey Wind's name, mm. and Grey Wind would know what he. Oh yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. And that's all it took, Grey Wind. Or is it like, I I feel like. There could be some, you know, where, like Rob would be the sort to have oh, command absolutely. words for his, absolutely. you know, knowing he's going to be the king and the yeah, lord yeah. of Winterfell. And like those he just sits in his room at night and he's like, "Yeah, Greywind, attack!" And like Greywind runs up and grabs the pillow yeah, and yeah, type thing. But he he says, Rob continues saying, "My lord father taught me it was death to bear steel against your liege lord, but doubtless you only meant to cut my meat." <laughs> And the Grey John rose, sucking the stumps of his fingers, which probably isn't the best medical advice to be doing. Not when you've had them bitten off. And says, uh, and he laughs, a great uproarious laugh, and he roars, Your meat is bloody tough. Bloody tough. And they all start laughing because that's the Northmen. And somehow, after that, the Great John became Rob's right hand. Loudly telling all that Rob was Stark after all, and they'd better bend the knees if they liked keeping their fingers. And so, yeah, I just... That right there. He just started the King of the North, because you should not be bending the knee to him. He's not the king. No. He's just the lord. Yeah, that fiercely resonated with Great John, just this yeah. kid who... Fuck you. Yeah, no, he's not as green as he as he seems to be. He, he is, is a Stark. Yeah, like, he is. That's, that's sick. Um, it says that, yet that same night, Rob came to Bran's bedchamber, pale and shaken. And Rob says, I thought he was going to fucking <laughs> kill me. Dude. You yeah. see that shit, Bran? Holy fuck. He's and like, then Grey Wind went and bit his fucking fingers off. I thought he was just going to growl or bark or something. He was like, did you see him just throw Hal down on the floor first? Like, yeah. Like, could you imagine being a 16-year-old kid and just having this 14-foot-tall motherfucker with a 16-foot-long sword just roaring and all of a sudden... 30 other guys are standing there with fucking swords at you and just sitting quietly. Yeah, Rob also continues saying that the Great John isn't even the fucking worst of it. He says, Roose yeah. Bolton never says a word, just looks at me. And all Rob can think of is the room in the Dread Fort where they hung the skin of their enemies. I mean, ho- ho- hello? <laughs> hello? Yeah. Hello. He's clearly a vampire. All Roose Bolton does is look at Rob, and Rob thinks of the room where they hang their skin as enemies, like, of their enemies. Like, enemy, Roose Bolton, Rob, like, enemy, Roose Bolton, Rob Stark, red flag. Fuck. Penalty at the 10-yard line. Is that a thing? I don't know sports. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking Bran says to the Dreadfort and hanging the skins that that's just one of old man's stories. And Rob just sighs and says he wishes that father was here. And Bran thinks that that's one thing that they could all agree on. But father was a thousand leagues away in a dungeon or a fugitive or dead. 
and no one seemed to know for certain. Nobody. I had a note to read out at part paragraph here. I'm not really sure why, though. But I suppose I'll read the one that's telling me to read. And so, that was the one thing they could agree on. Bran and Rickon robbed the Lord. They all wished Father was here. You didn't just say this, right? I did just say that. Okay, cool. So then I won't say any of that. Is that... Yeah, I'm confused as to why I put that. Because it's like I wrote down the note anyway afterwards. Whatever. Sorry, guys. I... I I mean, there's significant stuff, but... I don't know. I don't know. Me either. Fuck my note-taking. Anyway. <laughs> we keeping that in? Fuck it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. We're doing it live. Yeah, so it says no one seemed to know for certain. Each traveler told a different tale. One wine-sodden traveler had even claimed that Rhaegar Targaryen returned from death and was gathering a vast host on Dragonstone to reclaim his father's throne. I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah. Fuck that was yeah. Pretty cool. I mean, too bad it's Stannis on Dragonstone, but I mean, Rhaegar could be there. You don't know. You you don't know. You don't actually know. You don't. So you know. But it also did mention that like. Tywin was marching on the Erie and burning and everything along the way. Yeah. It's kind of funny that, like, that's all technically true. But because it's mixed in with all these other things that we know not to be yeah, true, yeah. like the Hound, you don't really realize that we'll probably be coming up on that pretty soon, I think. Yeah, so we get the flashback of when the letter came bearing Ned Stark's seal. Written in Sansa's hand, the truth seemed no less incredible. It pissed Rob off. Hardcore. Bran would never forget Rob's face as he read the letter. And Rob crushes it, saying, She says nothing of Arya. Damn her. What's wrong with the girl? Like, and, yeah, and Bran, oh, he says, She lost her wolf. Bran felt cold inside. Yeah. She lost her wolf. Yeah, remembering when Lady's bones were brought back to Winterfell. Summer, Greywind, and Shaggy Dog began howling before they even crossed the drawbridge. She had gone south, and only her bones had returned. Yes. And that's gonna... The direwolves' reaction, man. Like, yeah, they before... knew, yeah. like... Well, because I feel like they had knew, known before. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, like, definitely. When they even knew when she was approaching, like... Oh, fuck. Fuck me. And so, I mean, but... Is that a valid point? Like, Bran saying that, you know, like, she lost her wolf. Like, she's kind of losing yeah, herself absolutely. type thing. I think so. And so it says uh, that... They buried her bones in a lichyard that was usually reserved for the the greatest servants of House Stark, essentially, is what it says. So, you know, they have a great chef, and they're like, yo, you are Lord Eddard Stark's favorite fucking chef. Not a single person. I mean, unless they wish otherwise, I assume it's places where like Mikon and no, yeah, uh, that's yeah, exactly. Fucking Roderick, Roderick. Lewin, if he is down to be interred there. Yeah, it's those guys, like the the house members that they're just badass people. Yeah, yeah, like what up? You're honorary Starks, essentially. Exactly, and so So, that's pretty sick that they buried her there. Yeah, yeah, it's a place of honor, definitely. Although if uh, if Bran ends up Lord of Winterfell for a little bit. She should go into the crypts with him <laughs> as a lord of Winterfell with his direwolf. Well, that's that's it. Is like, obvi- well, I would assume that, that if, you know, 
wherever these kids end up, if they die and they, they get the statue in Winterfell, that their wolves would be laid with them. Like, Sansa won't get that. Arya mm-hmm. might, Doubt but it. probably won't. But anyway, Bran thinks that their grandfather, Lord Rickard, had gone south as well with his son, Brandon, Ned's brother. And 200 of their best men never returned. Yeah, none ever returned. And now father had gone south with Arya and Sansa and the rest. And later mother and Sir Roderick went as well, and they hadn't come back either. And now Rob meant to go to River Run, sword in hand. And not, pr- oh, sorry. Not, no, no, not... Not to swear fealty. Yeah, no, not to swear fealty. To go to war. Right. And Bran is frightened. And, like, yeah, kid. <laughs> like, you, you have every right to be. Good job. So, it says if Rob... Bran starts praying again yeah, he's back to, to the praying. gods. This if is Rob, probably my favorite prayer. Yeah, if Rob has to go, watch over him, Bran asks the old gods. And watch over his men as well. Hallen and Lord uh, Great John and yeah, all the, uh, the and he says, eh, and Theon, <laughs> I suppose, and Theon, I guess, Theon too, I suppose. Help them to defeat the Lannisters and bring Father home. And so it really is just a plea of a kid who wants his family all back yeah. together. And so a faint wind stirs and blows the wind leaves around. Um, Summer bared his teeth. Yeah. Uh, at Osha. Yeah, it's the approach of Osha. I really yeah, do. no, it's, yeah. It's the wording. Yeah. You hear them, boy, a voice asks, and I will never not picture Nymphadora Tonks when I see Osha now. Oh, well, she did great. Oh, no, I mean, even uh, Martin has stated yeah. that she made it the character better. Like, I, I love it. Bran says even in chains, she still moves silently. Yeah, she stood across the, the pool of the heart tree from her, from him. And, yeah, she was quiet as a cat, which... Through Arya, we have now associated with stealth, yeah. just in general. So, Summer circled the pool and sniffed at her, and Osha recoils. But Bran calls Summer to him, and Summer rushes back. And Bran wraps his arms around her, him, him. I always want to say her, but it's him. Yeah. And he asks, "What are you doing here?" And this is when we get that he hasn't seen Osha since they took her captive exactly. that day just... in the Wolf's Wood. And so she says that they're my gods too. Beyond the wall, they're the only gods. And she basically says that Gage, who she works yeah. for or under, allows her to visit the gods' woods. And she I allows believe he's him. the head baker there. Yeah, and she allows him to do whatever he wants under her skirt. And she says, he, it's not too bad. He's actually gentler than Stiv, but it's still the fucking disgusting. And I'm actually like... This is this is well. This is like my argument for the people who were upset at the end of the show when the Stark men started going ham on King's Landing. It's like the Starks were never intentionally said to be these pure-hearted. Like Gage is clearly taking advantage of this woman, and like she just happens to be okay. She just happens to be okay with it because she's been like brutalized during sex before. So like that's not an okay standard to measure it by. This isn't okay. Gage is taking advantage of a hostage like this woman has no way to say no even if she wanted to so i mean i know she's tough and could fuck someone up and she likes the smell of his hands yeah 
but it's it's yeah, she likes the flower. No, but, but yeah, it's not right. Like but. it's it, but it's still somebody through a house we've associated as the good guys, yeah. and like we love them, even the cook. Like, and it's so easy to skip over that and yeah. think that's not a bad. There's nothing bad there. Oh, it's mutual. It's okay. Yeah, it's not really. But she bows to him and says, "I'll leave you. I don't. I didn't mean to disturb you." And he says, he commands her, "No, stay." And he says, "What? What did you mean about hearing the gods?" And she says, you asked them, and they're answering. Open your ears. Listen. You'll hear. And Bran listened. It's only the wind, he says uncertain. Fool of a took. The leaves are rustling. And she says, who do you think sends the wind if not the gods? And she actually sits down across the pool from him, clinking the iron manacles. And... This is when we get that. Yeah, the Iron Manacles were, were made by uh, Micken, Micken yeah. and it basically lets her walk, but she can't run or ride a right, horse, yeah. so she can't flee, which it's it's smart for a prisoner that they're letting, you know, right, exactly. kind of traverse. And so, yeah, she sits down, and she says, they see you, boy. They hear you talking. That rustling, that's them talking back. So he asks, well, okay, what the fuck are they saying? I don't speak tree. Sorry. And she tells him they're sad because they have no power there where your brother is going. I feel like these are two unrelated things. I also have a note here that says I think she's correct that they are sad. She says they're sad. Your brother will get no help from them, not where he is going. The gods have no power in the south. The werewoods were all cut down there thousands of years ago. We know that. Right. But, yeah, no, I think it's two separate things. I do too. Yeah. Um, I think they're sad. Right. And then I don't think they're they're sad because of Rob. Yeah, because Nothing Rob's going south. No. I don't think that's what they're sad over. I think, I think they're sad because maybe it could, you know, maybe there is some of that, you know, we wish you were going north, but I think it's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with, you know, Bran somehow and his I don't even think it's one person. Like I think it could it's just the situation. Yeah, like the children of the forest, whether or not they're related to the the old gods, like they're dying out and the fact that there's no power in the South, their power has waned so much. There's very few people that believe in the old gods. Like, and now the White Walkers are encroaching, and shit's those people that did. going terrible in the South to where there's going to be war in the country soon. So yeah, I think these are two different points. The old gods are sad, and well, because that's it. She's essentially just reading prophecy here, reading the what, the, which, interpreting like, where, the word of the yeah, god. Yeah, where though? Where like where is she getting this from? I'm curious. Not not the Rob, you know, but no, the, but they're the, sad. The sad. Like, just, where is that coming from? Just from her wildling heritage. Growing like, up well, is it just her wildling? But it, that heritage. could be, it absolutely be it. It could be nothing whatsoever. Like, I mean, again, with what we've sort of seen with Bran and the theories around Bran possibly influencing events in time, like. It could be very possible that Osha sat by a fucking werewood and talked to the tree. Right. And the Learned. tree said, I'm I'm sad. Like this world is fucked. This like shit's fucked. and we just don't know that because of it's just this this answer here yeah, that she's yeah. giving in this in this context. And she asks, How can they watch your brother when they have no eyes? And Bran hadn't thought of that. I thought that was funny since he's done so much thinking, thinking here recently. But anyway. It frightened him. And he turns his head to listen. Because he, he thinks maybe she heard wrong. But he thought he heard the sadness. Nothing more, nothing though. Nothing more. But he that's... thought he heard the sadness. But nothing more. Mm. None of that Rob bullshit. Well, just yeah. sadness. That's all that it yeah. is. It's just sadness. Which, when Bran goes under the wall, 
there's yeah. a door that essentially cries on him. Right. Sadness. Like, there's sadness. There's something permeating the old gods that is just... Upsetting. Sad. Yeah, yeah it's fucking perpetually so then sad. there's another rustling, and... Odor comes stumbling out, butt naked, yeah. and Osha sees the size of his manhood and says he's got giant's blood in him, in him or I'm giant. queen. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, Maester Lewin, Bran, like, just Bran goes into it with the, like, Hodor's standing here naked, Osha's eyeing him, I imagine somewhat, like, coyly. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, like, I, I would know what to do with that type thing. <laughs> and Bran's like, yeah, Maester Lewin says that all the giants are dead, though, like the children of the forest, and... Osha says, well, let Lewin ride beyond the wall, then he'll find giants, or they'll find him. And she thinks that, or she says that, my brother killed one, a smaller one, but still. And she goes into, essentially, the giants mating and half how half-breeds yeah, yeah. are created. That it was only the women who would take male uh, men, because the... <laughs> Female. The reverse is just not well. It's devastating yeah. to the woman. And so she says, but you don't really get what I'm talking about anyway. And Bran says, yes, I do. I've seen dogs and stallions mating. <laughs> but talking of it makes him uncomfortable. Is that because of Jamie and Cersei? Yeah, maybe just in he, he, they the were, repressed they were memory, doing it. and so he's trying to repress the stuff, and yeah, so he's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Because, you don't need oh, it. Shit, yo. Yeah, put yeah. that away. You don't need it. You don't need like, it because so, so they kind of sex. Like, yeah, obviously, we would expect a six-year-old to like. You know, sex is sex is odd. It's a weird thing that you don't quite know about yet, and so yeah, maybe he's uncomfortable for that reason. Or maybe he's uncomfortable because there's literally a block or nine, but yeah, whatever. Still, yeah. But there's, a, there's, there's a, a block, block in his mind that, he that and from, he's getting close to and so remembering the repress. And because he's thinking about things he's seen having sex, right? Dogs, stallions, and then Jamie and fucking Cersei up in that tower. Yeah. So and then he gets uncomfortable. So I th- I just clearly think that that's him almost remembering that's again. That's a good catch. And so he tells Hodor to go dress because, yeah, he gets uncomfortable. And Hodor goes and he asks her, are there truly giants beyond the wall? And she tells him yes and worse. Mm. And she just lays it out. She tried to tell, I tried to tell your brother and your maester when they started asking their questions. Cold winds are rising. Men go out from their fires but never come back. Or if they do, they're not men no more but whites. Cold eyes. Jesus Christ. Blue eyes, <laughs> cold black hands, and that's why. Why do you think I came south with them, fools? Mance thinks he can fight them. And then she says, because she, she talks about him, she says, the brave, sweet man. The brave, sweet, stubborn man. Yeah. And I just think that's really cool because so far we've only heard about Mance Raider in Ned chapters, in Tyrion chapters, up with the bear. Like, from these where he's this wildling awful person she's the first two descriptive words she uses for him brave and sweet mm. and stubborn plenty of good men are stubborn you ready for this bombshell yeah he's Rhaegar light it's that reputation of he's a vile wildling man yo but he's a, he like when Jon Snow first sees him he's playing the fucking harp 
True story. Like he's a musician. Yeah. He, he, like he's, he's Rhaegar a, Light. Well, and I just, I mean, we know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I just think it's neat well, to that's, see so early. Well, that's on. what I mean is that that revelation is it, it happens to Jon Snow and his mother with the Mance same Raider man. is the king beyond the wall. This wildling savage who just wants to kill us all. Not at all. Not he's even a close. brave, fucking sweet, sweet leader who takes care of his people, wants to get them south to protect them from a thing, from the fucking end of the life. Right. And that's it. And he makes common cause with John. And that's another reveal John is going to deal with fucking later yeah. about his father, Rhaegar Targaryen, who wasn't this monster. He was a good person. Like, it, he's. He's well. He's part. this mere. Well, like yeah. But that's as all. good of a person as we can fucking get in this universe. Like so, it's this mirror of Mance and yeah, and, exactly. and, it's and in a brand chapter. But that's it's going what makes to it so John. great. Yeah, yeah. Because we've this... got Ned, Tyrion, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. all these different. And but she says that the White Walkers, because uh, Mance is looking to fight them. Mm-hmm. She says, but she tells him the White Walkers aren't Rangers. And you can't just fight them like you would rangers. And we get the reminder that what does Mance know anyway? He's just a crow flown down from the wall. He was a brother of the Night's Watch. Right. He was not born in the true north exactly. like me, she And she says. stands up in a huff, like, saying this. Like, yeah. I was born there. I, I've i seen shit. Like, my that... mother, my mother's mother, her mother's mother. Like You don't know me. You don't know, you don't know me. My family. You don't know where I've been. You, you don't, don't know. know my story. <laughs> I did a snap. You did a snap. <laughs> so, yeah, she, she says, uh, we remember those born up there. We remember. And then she the says. The North I, remembers. I tried to tell your. Exactly. The North remembers. Jeez. We remember. That's I tried thing. to tell your brother. But he wouldn't listen. He didn't want to hear it. He looked right past me, and that gray John Umber just shoved me aside. And yeah, and so Bran says, "Tell me, tell me, I can tell Rob. Mm-hmm. He'll listen to me." Which is the naive nine-year-old. You know, yeah. I can, I can sway him. Yeah. He won't let you go to town, boy. Like, yeah, he, what are you gonna do? Sorry, she says. Will he? Well, then you tell him that he's marching the wrong way. He should be taking his swords north, not south. And Bran nods, I'll tell him. But Bran didn't eat with him that night, or any of them that night. Instead, he took his meal in his solar with his bannerman. To Rob make... took it. Yeah. Bran. Did I say Bran? Yeah. Damn it. Sorry. Said Rob took his dinner in his solar with his bannerman to lay their final preparations. Yeah. And so Bran was at the head of the table this night. And he, he, you know, gave the proper greetings and started the meal like a lord is yeah, supposed to. Yeah, offered him meat and meat, his friendship, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And sits down. The Karstark sons bow and sit as well. And then they start talking mad shit. And he knows it. Torin whispers the word broken. And it like, oh, if I was broken inside and out is what they say. And, like, I would just kill myself type shit. Yeah, just harsh shit. Bran focuses on the broken. He yeah, latches he on broken. broken he Bran thinks. the broken. He's the one that calls himself Bran the broken right here. Yeah. So he thinks broken, and then he clutches his knife, and then thinks, "I am Bran the broken now. I don't want to be broken." He says to me, but he grabs his knife as he says, "Broken." You like, think he was unintentionally gonna fucking kill himself? No. Or attack them down there. I think them. I think, like, it's just more that anger at them. I don't think it was aimed at himself. Like, I where think he was, was so distraught. I don't want to be broken. Like, don't call dead. me broken yeah. type no, thing. No, absolutely. Yeah. And so 
he whispers to Lewin, Lewin, I don't want to be broken. I want to be a knight. And Lewin, fucking Lewin, like, leads in. He's like, you know, some people call my order the Knights of the Mind. Uh, 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 uh. You're quite sharp when you focus. Like a fucking military recruiter. Have you ever thought of joining two weekends a month? (laughs) (laughs) You could be a maester, learn all sorts of things. And Bran says, I want to learn magic. The crow promised I'd fly. And Lewin sighs, and he says, I can teach you everything else everything under the sun astrology but no man can teach you magic bran and bran replies the children of the forest could which like he was it it reminded me your fucking son jude like he's just got an answer for everything everything. like well they could the children of the file children of the forest could which reminds bran of osha of what osha said so he tells lewin and Lewin says that she could give old Nan tale lessons in telling tales. <laughs> Best not to brother bother your brother with this folly. It is the Lannisters that hold your father, not the children of the forest. And like, mm-mm-mm. it's this wise old you know Lewin's meant mm-hmm. to represent this wisdom, this guidance, and it's showing us very early how little the the Citadel. Puts stock into magic. Yeah, it's giving us these unreliable, where, you mm-hmm. know, not everything people we trust to say that they say is going to be right spot on. Yeah. Like, people get shit wrong. Lewin yeah. is clearly fucking wrong. Yeah, and, and Lewin's a badass. And Lewin's He's an a badass. He's a great maester. He just, he doesn't know so magic. So do you, well, that's my question. If there's a grand conspiracy at the Citadel to eradicate magic or yada, 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 keep magic hush, hush. Do you think Lewin knows magic and is lying here? I don't. No, I think that in, if there is a conspiracy to stamp out magic, that it's only a few at the top that know about it. Okay, I don't yeah, think yeah. that the majority of I the, feel the same. The I don't think. I feel like if Lewin, he says he studied it and he didn't get far, and I feel like that's the truth. I feel absolutely. like he sat with the glass candles. He did what he could. He read the research that was yeah. in the library on magic. There's not much, and since there's no active magic currently. He believes there's nothing going right. on, yeah. So, so we get two days later, Bran was sitting atop Dancer saying his farewells to Rob. You ready to feel some Lannister presence? You are the lord of what? No, why? What? So when the, uh, the sun rises, yeah, it casts the red overlay like everywhere else son of a bitch he's riding down to meet the lannisters they're riding out at this red sunrise or sunset whichever it was yeah because that red and it was big in cersei's god damn it was in the godswood with ned and then it was again at, in, in the room of Sansa in, in the sick bed. Yeah. And Sansa, when they were writing the letters, Son there was the red. And so right there, yeah. he's riding out to meet the land. It's in sort of overcompassing kind of the, Winterfell. Yeah, the, the horizon this, is this red thing. Yeah. I didn't even fucking note that. So You are Lord of Winterfell now, Rob tells Bran. And Bran says, I know, but he feels very much so alone. And he didn't know how to be a lord. But Rob tells him, listen to Lewin's counsel and take care of Rickon. And this is when we learn that Rickon refused to come down, screaming, no, no farewell. No farewell. <laughs> no gold. <laughs> and uh, this is when we get this, like, the saddest line in the, the, the chapter. He's Rickon, almost four years old. It's time for him to start growing up. Oh, not even that. Oh, okay. Rickon said 
no one ever comes back. Oh, the duh. That's why he's refusing to say goodbye to yeah, Rob. Because yeah. if he refuses to say goodbye, maybe he won't go. And if he doesn't go, then he won't. Will won't come. Yeah, he will. Be, he'll stay here. Like, no one ever comes back. And, yeah, he's a fucking 100% right. Absolutely. Santa comes back. Never. Not. Not in the books. <laughs> uh, Arya? Nope. Jon Snow? Nope. Fucking Ned? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> Catelyn doesn't make it back. Rob. Rob never comes back. Bran leaves and doesn't come back. Rickon himself leaves and, so far as we know, hasn't yeah, come back. Nobody, like, not a, not a one no of them. No one. Not a one of them. And, like, it's just this little four-year-old not knowing what's going on, just fucking nailing it on the head. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, yeah, Rob trots away with Grey Wind and his men behind him. And uncomfortably, Bran remembers Osha's words. Now, uncomfortably, do you think that he heard the gods whispering to him here right now, reminding him of the that they're going the wrong way? Because yeah, sure, he he chalks it up to remembering her words, but is it that feeling again of he's going the wrong way? I know it because I've been sitting with the gods for months now, and I know you're heading the wrong direction. Maybe I almost feel like it's because he didn't speak up. Like, well, that's why he he's doing shout the out thinking, the, yeah. the warning real quick, but I'm not 100%. And so Rob is gone. Yeah, that's it. And beyond the wall, a cheer goes up, and Bran thinks it's the town folk and foot soldiers cheering Rob as he rides by the, the great Lord Stock of Winterfell with his direwolf beside him. And Bran thinks that they'd never cheer him like that. After all, a lord he may be, he was still Bran the Broken. Yeah, and so he sits there for a long while. Everyone else kind of makes their way until it's down to just a few people. And Bran looks over and sees Hodor. Well, uh, like, real quick, because it just, it, it breaks my fucking heart, the foreshadowing here. The cheers faded to silence. The yard was empty. Winterfell seemed deserted and dead. Bran looks around at those who remain. Women, children, and old men. And Hodor. Like... It's just desolate now, and we know that like, what that leads to. Yeah, at the end, in like two the... books, Winterfell will be dead and desolate, desolate and deserted because there's only old men and, and women, women and, and children, children there. Yeah. And it's not defended. And Hodor. And Hodor, and he looks sadly at Hodor, who says, "Hodor," and nod, nod, nod. Bran agrees. I was going <laughs> to say, Bran nods in agreement. Hodor. Wondering what it meant. Mm-hmm. And that that's it. I also just want to note that Hodor did have a look on his face that was lost and frightened, which just... Hmm. 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 But, yeah, Bran is wondering what Hodor meant, and if the show is anything to go by, it'll be an interesting fucking... Yeah. Interesting topic. Right, so yeah. those were our thoughts on Bran 6. Do you have an inductee? <sighs> I don't even know what you give it to here. Uh, yeah, Osha, 100%. I love Sweet. that. I love that's her. Cool. She's she's such a good, odd side character Brand for needs Bran. Her. Yeah, needs but her. that's it. Like He needs her. She starts breaking him into the green side stuff that Jojen's going to just slap him just, in the face just with. Just from coming from the mm-hmm, north, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's so closely, sort of inherently tied to it. Which more also than makes, Lewin ever could be. That also makes it more fun when Jojen is there with her because of that different no, yeah, side the of the Yeah, perspectives on mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so yeah. Osha, she... Cool. I mean, 
she, she so far she's been a little reserved and she's getting taken advantage yeah. of, but she's a bad ass bitch. Yeah, she's pretty and sick. she defends Bran. She comes to care for Bran and Rickon, and I like it. I like it. Cool. I like Mine's it pretty close to yours because fits the similar bill. I'm going with Hodor. Mm-hmm. Um, he cracks me up. He's he's just so happy. He's just. He's just Hodor. He's just Hodor. And, like, he's just a good Hodor. What else is there the to say? The goodest Hodor. But Hodor. Yeah, so I'm even mind a Hodor. The Hodor that was if promised. If you have inductees, then you can always write those in to us. You can. We're indubitably. all over the interwebs. Um, I did want to give a quick shout-out to our new follower and listener, uh, oh, you broke it. Oh, you broke it. Oh, you broke it. Um, we're trying to get some more of those Harry Potter references in for you. H.P. We'll, uh... Lovecraft, ha. Huh? Switch Dang. It Dang. Through a yeah, curve. Yeah, no, no. It's Bam. crazy. Yep. Um, we can be reached all over the internet. She hit us up on Instagram, which while I'm looking up what that is, the handle, you go ahead and give the other one. Yeah, we are on Twitter at Manners Without. I am on Twitter at Carstark92. That is... Car Stark, not as it's spelled in the books, which I stole it from, but my last name, C-A-R-R, Stark. So follow me there. We are also on Facebook, but I'm not 100% of Facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. Nate's got it. We're on Instagram at Brotherhood Without. Patreon, patreon.com slash without manners. Our website, www.brotherhoodwithout.com. We can, did you give the email? Nope. Without manners, brotherhood at gmail.com we're trying to get them all organized and aligned it just takes a lot of work guys don't get mad at me yeah we're busy people send us your thoughts we love hearing them thank you to yeah, all the that have outpouring lately of interactivity and appreciation and just thoughts feelings ideas has been fucking phenomenal yes, we have uh, we've we been have, on cloud nine for the past like month just yep, with we the, have a backlog of inductees for future books, people that are listening to us, but they're ahead in uh, the books that have already sent us inductees. And when for we those started chapters. this thing, we just said we would be happy if one person wrote us in their thoughts on the book. And so the fact that we have a backlog now of inductees just for future books means the world to us. To. You guys are fucking amazing. This community is amazing. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bella de Harris. Peace. Well, the one I'm talking about is Podcoin, where you can listen and earn great rewards. I'm pretty sure we have a code for that one. We do. If you are a new user of Podcoin, you can type in Brotherhood and get 300 coins to spend on fucking cool stuff. Sweet. Like giving to charity or gift cards? Yeah, gift cards to like Starbucks and Amazon and all sorts of other places. So if you're hearing this, why haven't you already downloaded Podcoin and started listening to Brotherhood? Listen to us there. And earn some coins. Do it.